0: So as we started to think about how we were going to have this conversation, Andrew and I said, you know, we can have this conversation or we could invite somebody that would be an even more, uh, someone even better to talk about it. And so you were the first one that came to mind. This is Todd Henley. We've known each other for A long time, time. 10 years now, maybe so. So Todd attends at Gateway and was there when I was there as a youth pastor as well. And so we got to connect there. Uh, He's a former pastor and now he's a licensed counselor. And so we said, let's invite Todd to come and have this conversation with us and help us because you also have kids of your own. You've worked in student ministry before. So these kinds of conversations you're used to having and everything like that. And so we wanted you to come. Now, I will say, I did not check the NFL schedule when <laughs> I invited you to come today. There are people in this audience, unfortunately, who are on the same team that you would want to win. There you go. Todd's a Cowboys fan, so we did not we did not plan that. But there you go. <laughs> so you could connect with them after. But uh, we're so thankful to have you. I appreciate your friendship and everything you've done mm-hmm. for us. So would you guys welcome Todd for me?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Corey. It is—it's uh, always great seeing Pastor Corey and the First Lady, uh, and it's wonderful to come back here. This is almost like coming back home because I was the youth pastor at Bethany Grace Fellowship for 12 years, and we did so much together back in the 90s and 2000s. And as I look in the crowd. Uh, most of you weren 't even born in the 90s, so you know how how old I am, but uh, it, it is really a privilege and an honor to come here and, and just share with you about anxiety and, and, and about depression. Uh, something that 'll help us um, to understand where i 'm going this for the next few minutes is I want to show you a picture um, because statues are really interesting. Uh, many many people are very familiar with these two statues. They, they are elegant statues, uh, very detailed statues. And the thing about statues is to make a statue, you, you need a certain type of graphite. And what that graphite does, something is poured into that graphite. And that graphite will hold whatever is poured into it Under extreme heat. And because of that extreme heat, you can take a a Lincoln or you can take a Lee. And it's so intricate. As we think about these next few moments, I want to encourage those who may struggle with anxiety and depression to continue to get help or to get help. And I also want to encourage the rest of us. To reach out to them. Just like in these statues. To form a statue. You have something called a crucible. A crucible. Holds whatever is poured into it. Under extreme heat. So what would happen. As people of God. When we come across someone. Who struggles with anxiety or depression. Like whether we have small groups. Or or life groups or whatever. And in a life group. Someone shares, boy, you know what? But my spouse and I, we have not been sexually intimate in years because my spouse has depression, and that's so hard on me. See, can people be that honest and that open and that, and that real? See, a crucible holds whatever is poured into it under extreme heat. So what if people could hold? whatever is poured into them what if people share with us their deep longing their struggles and we're able to hold that and we're able to help them this next slide as we think as we think about this this is what we're going to do here embrace to heal it's so important to embrace others that not just I'm not talking about just physically, but I'm talking about emotionally. It's when someone can say, you know what, I don't believe that God loves me. And instead of taking a Bible brick and tossing it at them, we simply walk with them. God really doesn't love me. What does it mean to embrace someone like that? Because part of your mission... Next slide here. Part of your wonderful mission, and, and I love it, helping people live Jesus-centered lives. So today, helping people live Jesus-centered lives while struggling through anxiety, while struggling through depression. Remember, a crucible. It holds whatever's poured into it under extreme heat. So what would happen as people of God, that as they share their struggles. We can hold it under extreme heat and come alongside people like that. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 13. In Psalm chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And in Psalm 13, it's the seeming absence of God. And I'm just going to read the first two verses. O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul and sorrow in my heart? Every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Four times in this passage, David prays, how long? I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, authentic Depressive prayer, because he's being real. How, I mean, how many times do we pray like that when when we really feel that way? So David prays four times in two verses, how long? I, I, I think that don't we all have friends who may feel this way? We, we all have friends who are this authentic, who are this real, who, who have such... Pain. You saw it in that beautiful video as the teens talked about anxiety and depression. And it was like, is that even a question? Wow, that is so true for so many young people. Is that even a question? Now, you see, the difference between the young people and really old people like me is I've learned to hide it, Right? Come on, I, I've learned not to be as real with my struggles, right? I mean, that's, that's just how the American evangelical culture is. I mean, can, can we just be honest about that? So David says, how long? Four times in two verses, how long, O oh Lord? And he says, how long, O oh Lord, must I struggle? See, David actually believes, he actually believes that God has forgotten him. Now, that's, that's really interesting because how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? Okay, he's forgotten me, but yet David is still praying. So when a person believes God has forgotten them and they're still praying to them, it shows the deep struggle. Struggle means the anguish has been there for a while. And guess What? it's okay it's It's perfectly fine it, it, it's okay. I, I remember a few years ago uh, it was this out <laughs> my mind is going here. I think it was the second or third daughter, you know uh, it was the second one, as we were talking about depression, and she was going to be speaking. At, at youth group, hey, Dad, what should I speak on? I said, well, I know you can speak on dating, you know, but boy, um, they will love you. How about if you talk about how you struggle with depression? How about if you talk about that you have a father who deals with people's deep struggles but who struggles to help you. How about if you just share that? When someone has a struggle and they say things like, I don't believe in God, or I'm not sure God's going to come through, maybe instead of, once again, giving them a Bible verse or correcting them, walk with them. Here's a great Thing you can say. Tell me more. That's all. Tell me more. So, struggle means the anguish has been there for a while. So, David says, How long, O oh Lord, must I struggle with this anguish? This next slide, as we look at this verse. And then every day have sorrow in my heart. Sorrow, a feeling of deep distress caused by loss. Or disappointment. So it's normal for a person to have sorrow, to have deep distress. It's normal. It's, it's part of life. It's okay. And even though the Bible talks about do not be anxious for nothing. Yes, the Bible says that. And people do have anxiety. They, they do. Now, now, there are many of us where we may have anxiety I don't know, 15 or 20 times in our entire life. But then there are others that struggle with it constantly. So every day, when there's every day sorrow in the heart, because that's what he says. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul with sorrow in my heart every day? When there's sorrow in the heart every day, this is what it leads to. Anxiety. Anxiety. Depression. When there's sorrow in the heart, it leads to anxiety and depression. So, what is real depression? Here it is. Real depression is being sad when everything in your life is going right. That's real depression. Being sad when everything in your life is going right. And you feel the stigma, don't you? Those of us who may struggle with it. It's easy to hide because it's so easy to say, like to post online, I can't get out of bed today because I work so hard or I walk so long and my leg is hurting. It's so easy to say that versus I can't get out of bed today because I'm depressed. Can we be a crucible to those people who struggle with anxiety, and depression. Who are those people in our community right here that they may frustrate you because they're always negative? They may frustrate you because they're always saying things that you may disagree with. They may rub you the the wrong way. Be a crucible to them. A crucible holds whatever is poured into it. Under extreme heat. I, I have a friend. Some of you may think that, that's not true. But yeah, th- this is true. What happened here. I have a friend who had some people who really disliked him. He, they disliked him so much. This is true. I'm about to say here. They disliked him so much. They decided to crucify him, my friend. And, and my friend, being a crucible that he is, he held his pain and their pain under extreme heat. You see, what a crucible does, it, trans, it transforms something. You, those beautiful pictures that you saw, that, that's what it does. So that means when people are struggling and we hold their pain under extreme heat, when they're struggling... We are, God is helping us to help transform that person. God is helping that person understand you're safe. How safe are others around us or in our life groups? How painful can people share? What pain can they share? And we simply say, you know what? It's okay. Yeah, it's perfectly perfectly fine. So just going through this real quickly here, some symptoms of of depression, anger, irritability. And and those of you who struggle with depression, you're going to pick up on this right away. This is nothing for you. For those of you who may not, be a crucible to this person. Anxiety and agitation. Changes in appetite or weight, whether you gain weight or lose weight. Fatigue or lack of energy. You're always coming home tired from school, from work. I mean, you're just, you're just tired. Feelings of sadness or emptiness. You feel so empty inside. Even when the worship is great. And I know every, I know this for sure. Every Sunday morning here, you know, when Pastor Corey gives the conversation, I know you're just so blessed. Who oh, man? Who wouldn't be? And yet, if you struggle with anxiety, depression, mm, there could be emptiness there. Feelings of worthlessness, hopelessness, or excessive guilt. Number seven, and, and and this is huge: loss of interest in activities usually enjoyed. Mysterious aches and pains with no discernible cause. This is where I struggle. I I was going to spend more time on number eight than any of them. Because many times when people struggle with anxiety, depression, we come at it from the Bible, from God's Word, and all that is so important. But we don't realize how the brain, the emotions, the nervous system, the immune system, how they're all connected. Because that's God's design. And so that's why it's possible if you have anxiety, or you struggle with depression, why, why your stomach can always be in knots. Because the brain, the stomach, because of that vagus nerve, they're connected. But we always tell people, we got, believe more, or we want to pray for them, and that's so important. But there's so much to it. Mysterious aches and pains with no discernible cause. Nine, problems with thinking, memory, concentration, and decision-making. Sleep problems, such as insomnia or sleeping too much. Slow thought, speech, or physical movements. Thoughts of death and suicide. But when people have these symptoms, it's just so important to be a crucible. Well, why? Because this is what David said. This is a prayer. Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart? Every day? That is, that's depressive. Jonah, God called Jonah. We know what happened. He, he called, And Jonah said, all right, I'm, I'm going the opposite way. God eventually got a hold of his heart. A whole city was saved because of Jonah's preaching. And it bothered Jonah. And as Jonah and God God had a talk, Jonah wanted to die. Come on. He struggled with depression. You you don't say stuff, well, I I wish I were dead in situations like that unless there's a struggle. So here's a point about the story of Jonah. That God calls us in spite of our struggles. No matter how deep, whether it's OCD, whether it's, whether it's deep anger, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, God calls us and, and he wants to use us along with our struggles. So how do we be a crucible to someone with anxiety, with depression, and, uh, and help them understand, you know what? God wants to continue to use you even as you struggle. He did it with Jonah. He did it with so many other Bible characters. So as we move forward and come to close to a close here, this next thing is very important. If you have anxiety, you most likely struggle with catastrophizing. And this is what catastrophizing is. It's very it, it is how it sounds. Catastrophizing leads to anxiety and or depression. Catastrophizing is imagining the worst, taking a situation or a difficult situation and interpreting it as horrible, terrible, and unrecoverable. Catastrophizing is all right, I want to pass this test so I can get a promotion at work. If I don't pass the test, I'm going to lose my job, my spouse is going to leave me. I'm going to end up a bum, probably working at the link for the rest of my life. And as I work at the link, (laughs) I'll end up being homeless, and I'll die a homeless person. See, that's catastrophizing. You go from, I'm going to fail a test, to I'm going to die a lonely person. If you have anxiety, you tend to be a... Struggle with pessimism, c- catastrophizing. It, it's like, why should I even try? Because I'm not going to get anywhere. Catastrophizing is huge for the person who struggles with anxiety. So n- this next slide here. It's very important for us to embrace, to heal. So how are we Individually? How are we in our groups? I mean, we have phones to text, too. How are we embracing others to help them to heal? One, for those of you who struggle with anxiety, struggle with depression, I want you to consider embracing counseling. Because nowadays, especially in the past 10, 15 years, therapists, they tend to be men and women who have struggled with something serious. They've gotten the help. They've recovered. And now they're helping people in the areas where they struggled. I want you, if you to think about it. I know in this area there are many counselors, and I know of LifePoint Counseling. I think Carol Musser is the founder of that, and I, I'm not going to name any other places because I don't know any other. I know around here uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Restore Counseling Center, where I am. I want to encourage you to reach out. Embrace counseling. Something that is very important because God created the body and the brain, the mind. A good breathing technique. When you get anxious, and if if you struggle with anxiety and depression, you're most likely used to breathing techniques. But breathing in through your nose for four seconds... And then breathing out through your nose for six seconds. Always take longer to breathe out. And this is why. The body responds to breathing. If you've ever been in sports or if you've been afraid and you're running, you're always breathing through your mouth. And your body is responding to that. But when you breathe through your nose, you're you're, you're communicating to your brain and your body. Everything is going to be safe. You can't breathe through your nose if you're being chased by a bear. It's, it's not possible. It, 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 your brain it, it will not allow you to do that. But when you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling, getting that depressed, 4, 6. Now, 3 through 6 here, very important, because animals don't have stress and anxiety. And, and they don't even have trauma. Now, I'm talking about animals in the wild. Domesticated animals, man, they, they can have a lot of stress. But animals in the wild, and the reason why, because they exercise. They, they're always walking, always walking. They, they eat well. It is rare to see an animal in the wild who is overweight or, or underweight, and, and they sleep. Whether they have to sleep four hours or six hours, eight hours, they sleep, and they connect. They, they tend to be walking together in groups. So they exercise, eat well, they sleep, and they connect. That's why they don't have stress and anxiety for the most part. Uh, Well, in a way, sometimes they have stress, like when when they're about to be eaten by another animal. And that's understandable, And, and, and that's okay. But other than that, they don't have it. We struggle with exercising, eating well, sleeping, and connecting. It is so important to connect with people. I remember... Fifteen years ago, when I was going through, it was my most depressive moment. And I remember, I don't want to say this person's name because I didn't ask permission, but I remember when when this guy named Frank Patero, he, he, (laughs) oh man, I slipped out. But I remember when he said to me, Todd, if you ever want to talk, I'm here. Here for you. Whew. I'm here for you. You know what I say to my clients now? Because I I I deal with severe trauma. I'm here for you. And then I say something that I'm not really supposed to say, but sometimes I still say it. We will get through this. Because I'm committed. Connecting is so important. Connecting. Philippians 4 8. In the morning when you wake up, before you go to bed, remind yourself of the good things that God has given to you. Remind yourself of the things that God wants you to think about. Philippians 4 8. Laugh. Look at a, a great comedian. You know, uh, funny movies. It's so important to laugh. And finally, number nine kind of goes with number six, connect, connect, connect. We Americans struggle to emotionally connect with one another so we can help others to connect. So this next slide here, helping people live Jesus-centered lives while struggling through anxiety and depression. This is what God really wants us to do. So how are we doing it? How safe are we? Who are the people that can say something that doctrinally we don't agree with? And instead of beating them up or quoting scripture or talking negative about them or gossiping about them, instead of doing that, we, we're like Jesus. And we come alongside because we're a crucible. And we're saying to them, Whatever you say, however you are, I'm going to be a crucible. However the heat is, I'm going to allow that heat to draw me closer to you, to pray for you, to be there for you, no matter what you're going through. So let's embrace one another to heal. Embrace people emotionally, embrace them mentally, asking them, What do you need? How can I be there for you? Tell me more. I will listen. Being Jesus to others. That's how we can have a Jesus-centered life. And that's how we can help others who struggle with anxiety and depression. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, to, to say that you're an awesome God, It's such an awesome understatement. But it is true. Father, struggling is normal. It's part of life. It's part of being human. Even Jesus said in the garden, My soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. And he didn't even have his friends who would pray with him for one hour. So, Lord... Because we all understand pain, help us to be there for others, especially those who struggle with anxiety and depression. Help us to be Jesus. Help us to be a crucible to them. Help us to live Jesus-centered lives. It's in the matchless name of Christ we pray. Amen.